Yud Zayin Amit Beis, ten lines down at the two dots, Tanur Rabbanon, the Gemara brings a four-line brisa. This brisa uh, is going to compare an Eved Ivri to a Ame Ivriya. I underlined Eved Ivri and called it number one. An Eved Ivri, Oived Ben Ve'ena Oived Basif. An Eved Ivri is owned by a master and the master dies. That Eved Ivri will actually be bequeathed, it'll be inherited by the son, not uh, a daughter. So if there's only daughters, no, but if there's a son, uh, he will inherit the Ebed from his father. Kama. Whereas Ama Ivriya, I underlined Ama Ivriya and I actually put a arrow in the margin pointing down. We're going to refer back to this. This is number two. When you have a female Jewish slave, Eina Ivedes doesn't serve anyone else other than her master, Lois Haben, if the master passes away, not the son of the master of Lois Abbas, or not the daughter of the master. Kama. And now we're going to have categories 3A and 3B. 3A, the Nirtzah, that's a person who was an Evadivri who had his ear bored and is there after six years. Van Nimkalevikhavim is the other category, a Jew who's been sold to a Gentile. Enoi Oived does not serve Lois Haben, Lois Abbas, neither the son or daughter of the master. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Amar Mar, we go back to something we had just said. Okay, uh, we do a one-line quote. Eved Ivri, Oived Habas. So the typical Eved Ivri, he's sold. It's within his first six years. His master dies. Apparently, he will then go on to complete his six years of service to the son, but not the daughter. Menani Mili, where do we know this from? De from that which is brought out in the following four-line Brisa. The Brisa starts here, says... The Pasuk describing the work of an Eved Ivri says, And he will serve you for six years. Now, you, we darshan that to mean, you, not like other Yorshim, like a daughter or a brother, the son, yeah, but not others. Okay, comma. That's what you're trying to tell me, that he won't serve like a daughter or a brother. Or maybe when it says serve you, O Enuela, Lechav, Maybe what it's saying is they'll serve you, the master, and not, if the master dies, the son of the master. Well, no, Kishu Oimer, when the Pasuk says elsewhere, Sheish Shanim Ya'avoid, that's six years, he will serve. Now, it didn't say six years, he will serve you, which would be more specific, rather just a general. He will serve Hare Leben Amor. That's coming to include also a son. Hamani Mekayim, what then do I do with the three-word phrase, Ve'avdechan, he will serve you six years, Sheishanim, Lecha you, Ve'loyli not other heirs, like say a daughter or brother. Okay, so essentially we are including in the service of an that he will serve the, if his master dies, the son of his master for the remainder of his term, but not, let's say, the daughter or brother of the master. Ma Rois, the Gemara now asks, why did we see fit the rabbis to include Esaben, that that which a Eved, Ivri, if his master dies, he'll serve, will be the yes, the son of the master, Lahotzian, to exclude the Ach, let's say, the brother of the master. Well, I underlined these four words. Marbani Esaben, you know why he'll include the son? To be the one that the Evet should serve shekane kam tachasov because there's other precedences in halacha where the son takes over in the place of the father. For instance, number one le yeada to do yud, and uh, number two le stay achuza. What are those two cases? Le yeada is if a female uh, amivri is owned by the master, the master can decide if he wants to before she's twelve to marry her, so to speak, take her as a wife 
or to give her over as a wife to his son. So the son could stand in the place of the father for Yud. Also, if there's an ancestral field which was dedicated to the temple, uh, not only the father but also the son have the right to buy it back and have it not divvied out um, between the Kaihanim when the Yovel year arrives. Okay, so there's two ways that the son is like the father. The Gemara says, well, Adarabah, quite to the contrary, the one that we should include, I underline these four words, maybe it's more fitting to have the brother be the one who is included. Why? What's the precedent of where a brother, so to speak, takes over for uh, his deceased brother? If a man dies, childless, leaving a wife, who takes over? It's his brother. So maybe it should be the brother who takes over. Well, the Gemara turns around and points something very interesting out. When is there a case of Yibum? Klumle Shibum. Does the whole issue of Yibum even arise? El Mamakim Shein Ben. It's got to be that there is not a son. If there was a son, then there would be no case of Yibum. Diukat Yesh Ben. If there was a son, Ain Yibum, there would be no Yibum. Okay. So therefore, it just kind of makes sense that we'll be Marba the Ben over the Ach. Gemara has a question. Well, one second here. Ella Taima. The reason then is because we have this refutation. Let's say we didn't have this refutation. Would we really think the brother would be possibly better than the son to take over for the deceased? Well, then no, because wouldn't we just conclude you have two versus one? There's two halachas that the son is similar to the father in. And as far as the brother, only there's only one. Answers the Gemara. Actually, it would be one versus one. Because stay achuza nami, the whole reason we know that the relative who takes over for a person who passed away and dedicated a field to the Mikdash to be able to redeem it, that that which we know it's the son, mehai pircha hu is from this pircha, namely, klum shibum el makim shein ben. So uh, that pircha basically is only one versus one. There's yud versus yibum. We had said, um, up above in the Bryce that we started, the second case was an Amma Ivriya, and here we'll quote that now, uh, one line quote, put right angles in, Amma Ivriya, Enoi Vedas, Lois Aben, Veloyas Abbas. her master dies, that Amma Ivriya does not serve anyone else, not the son of the master, not the daughter of the master, Mananimili, where do we know that from? Question mark. Amar Rabbi Pada, to Amar Kra. Well, it's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, quote, Va'af, Right after it told us about a nirtzah, that's the person who has the ear board when he wants to remain in servitude to uh, his master for more than uh, six years, it says, and then it says, and also to the female servant, shall you do thusly? Shall you do thusly? So we have hekesha because of the nirtzah, a scriptural connection between a amivri and a nirtzah. Colon, ma nirtzah, just like a nirtzah, no evid, does not serve, lo ben abbas, kama af amivriya, so to a Jewish maid servant, an amivriya, no evidis, will not serve if her master dies, lo ben the Lois Abbas, not the son or the daughter of the master. So we learn it from, apparently, Va'af la'amascha ta'asakein. The Gemara asks a question, takes about five lines to develop. One second, that phrase, Va'hai, quote, la'amascha ta'asakein, la'hachi huda'asa, question mark, comma, that's what it's coming for? Ha, mi ba'yalele but we need it actually for something else, which is brought out in the following, almost three-line b'risa. 
starts the b'risa, quoting the pasuk, quote, va'afla amaskla tasakain, that's our pasuk, and you should also do to the yama like this, leha'anik, oh, what's it referring to? That's referring to giving a grant. Oh, so you want to tell me that's talking about referring to giving a grant after the service is completed. Oh, you know, Ella Laritzia. Oh, no, maybe what it's talking about is if the girl, let's say she was sold by her father when she was like four, and then she serves her six years, and she wants to stay further, that maybe you should do the board ear ceremony, bang a hole in her ear. No, that can't be, because when the Pusuk says, V'im, Amar yoimar ha'evet, that double lushan of saying, but in the male context, yomar he shall say, that teaches us that the only one who has the ability to become a nearest is a man, the loyama ivriya, not a female servant. Kama hare ritsia amor, and therefore the concept of ritsia can't apply to a woman. Hamani mikayim, what then do I do with the pasta that says, yeah, do the same thing with an ama, v'afla maschatasakain, end quote? It must be for giving the grant. Bottom line, we see Va'afla Masla Tasakain is referring to giving her the grant when she finishes the big financial windfall. So the Gemara answers, well, actually, if it was for that only, if it was for that hekish, it could have been just enough to say, There's an extra word in there, though, comma, my. One word in quotation marks, ta'ase. What do we do with that extra word? Shamis mina. From that we learn that you could learn tarti. Number one, that she gets a grant. And number two, that if her master dies, she will not go into servitude either to the daughter or even the son of the master. The uh, price that we started today's year with, uh, cases 3a and 3b, we quote now, Hanirza, one who has the board irvan, imkalevikachavim, or sold to a Gentile master, Enoovit does not serve Loesa ben Abbas. Nirza, which I underline now, the scriptural sources for each one of these, says the Gemara, but Nirza, the Pasuk says, the Ratza Adoinav es Aznoi bemartseya, he bore his master, bores a hole through his ear with an all, uh, a, 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 like a, a big nail. Ve avadoi, I, um, Underline the word vavadoi, and he will serve him la'ilam. That sounds like to the master, the lois aben, the lois not the son or not the daughter. Kama. I underline these three words, nimka loivid kaychavim. Also, when you're dealing with uh, one who is sold to a Gentile master, minayan, that will not serve anyone but that Gentile master, and if the Gentile master passes away, not the son or the daughter, well, Amar Chizkia, Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, in Koinehu, who do you make a um, accounting with if you want to, let's say, uh, buy the one out early? Only with the one who purchased the slave originally. In other words, the original master, not any of the heirs of that original Gentile who purchased the slave. Period. Amar Rava, I boxed Rava, and I put a Roman numeral one in the margin and boxed it, and on Yudches Amud Aleph, on the second line, I boxed Rebchia Bar Oven, and put a Roman numeral 2 in the margin and box that. We're going to have two approaches here to the following piece. Here we go. Amarava, Davar Taira. From the fact that we had to exclude a Evid Ivri, it must be that on a purely Daraisa level, number 1, like in general, for other issues, a Gentile does inherit from his Gentile father. Shanamar, because like the Pasuk said, that when it comes to the uh, um, uh, trying to buy out a Jewish slave from a Gentile, it says, and you should make like an accounting with the one who purchased him, which we darshan mean, not the heirs of those who purchased him. 
Sounds very much so like in general, comma connector, Michal de Isla, Yorshim. That there is a concept when you have a Gentile father and Gentile kids that those kids would yarshin their father midaraisa, comma number two, and then we're going to have uh, number three about six seven lines from now a ger esayvikrechavam. Imagine you have a person who converted their father didn't convert. Will a convert yarshin inherit from their father who, when the father died, was a Gentile? Um, well. That actually doesn't happen on a Torah level. It's simply a Durabana level that it happens. And I started, uh, you can put a little brackets in over here that goes down about four lines till last line is Midurabanan. Before the word Ella, you can close the brackets. Ella Midivre Seifrim. I don't like Midivre Seifrim. That which, if you have a person who converted, their father didn't, and then their father passes away, that which the son, who's now Jewish, will inherit from their currently non Jewish father who died, that Yes, he will, but only Midurabanan. It's not. As we see in the following Mishnah, the Mishnah quote that we have here goes for about uh, two and a half lines. Starts here. Gerv Eved Imagine if you have a father and he had two sons. One of them, uh, a Gentile father, he had two sons. One of them converted to Judaism. So you have the Ger, the son who's a convert to Judaism, and their father dies, leaving a, an estate of different things. Uh, and they're now going to inherit. They haven't split up the estate yet. They're just still the estate of the deceased. They're going to inherit their father, who's a Gentile, colon. Ger, the Jew can say to his biological brother, the guy, you, you take the getchkas and like the Jesus paraphernalia, and I'll take the cash equivalent instead. You take the yayinesach, the forbidden wine, and I'll take the, you know, Coca-Cola, literally like fruit. Um, however, if the estate then was though split up already, and part of that which the ger, the one who's currently Jewish, got was like some uh, idols or some yainesach, then it would be forbidden to trade it because once it's in his possession, he can't get any benefit from it. That's the end of the snake source. If you were to say that actually, that a person who was born a Gentile inherits from his father who dies, who's a Gentile, but the son is now a Jew because he converted. Well, if you're going to say that's a Daraisa concept, even if he hasn't yet taken possession of it, if you were to take, let's say, the cash instead of the idols, he's basically taking something in exchange for what is our, and that would be Aser. Now we would close the uh, bracket, so to speak. Rather, that which a, uh, a, a a person who converted to Judaism inherits from their uh, uh, father is only midirabanan. Now, why did the Rabbana institute this type of inheritance? Because imagine if you have a person who converted to Judaism, their father dies, and they don't get anything. Gzeira were concerned. Who the avud rabbanan? The rabbanan made a gzeira that they should be shemayasul lesuray. Because you could imagine that the terrible uh, drive that a person who converted to Judaism would have if their father passed away, leaving a bunch of money, and they don't get any of that money, so as to prevent that as being a a, a, a horrible uh, incentive for people who converted to Judaism to go back to their bad ways. Um, the rabbanan said that actually we'll let the uh, the the biological son who's now a Jew inherit. Tanya Nami Hachli of a Bryce that also brings out this point. This Bryce goes all of seven words. Bemeds Varmamorim. Where is that? Keshe Yarshu. That's only in the realm of inheritance. Of Al Keshe Nishtatfu. If they join together in a partnership, 
then Asra would be forbidden, because there there'd be no uh, motivation for the person who converts to Judaism to maybe want to go back to their old ways. Kama. Now, 3A and 3B, we had case number one, which was Eivid Kechavim Yerushasafif. We had case number two, Geras Eivid Kechavim. Now case number three, Eivid Kechavim Esager. Imagine if you have a person who had a child, they're Gentiles, and then the father decides to convert, not the son, and then that father dies. Or Geras Ager, if you have a father and son, they're both born Gentile and they both converted, Enoi, they do not inherit the son from the father, that is, Lomidi Reiterva, Lomidi Reisayfrim, Ditznan. Like we see in the following Tanaic source, this is a quote of a Mishnah, or it might be even a brisa, and it starts here, goes for just over a line, we call it the number one source. Let's say, lava manos min hager. Let's say uh, a Jew, he borrowed $100 from a convert, that his sons converted with him. So if a father and son, who are both Gentiles, they converted, some Jew, Chaim Yankel, borrows $100 from the father, and then the father dies, don't give that money back to his biological children, because they're basically not considered relatives anymore since they both converted. If the person does return the money to the sons, they're not upset, but they're not exactly happy with such a situation. Okay, I Vahatanya, but we have another Tanaic source that seems to indicate otherwise. We'll call this the number two Tanaic source. It's all of four words, Ruachachamim. Yes, Naichemenu, the rabbis are very happy with this situation, which means like when the father died, they're happy if the money is paid back to the sons. Well, Loikasha, there's no difficulty here. There are two different cases. Khan, the later little four-word Tanaic source that we just saw on the same line is Shehairasai Veleidasai Shalaibe Kedusha. That's where the um the, the son was um conceived and born uh where without a level of Kedusha to him. Uh so he's like a full-fledged guy who then converts. Whereas Khan um, the other snake source is Shehirasa but Kedusha, that when the um, when the son was still in embryo, um, he was conceived. His parents were not Jewish, but by the time he was born, his parents were yes uh, Jewish. Period. Now we have the Roman numeral two case. Baravan. We had Bach of Baravan. He's coming in contradistinction to Rava, who we had about ten lines. Uh, before the end of the previous Amud, Rav Chia Bar Avin Amar says, "Ayved Kaychavim Yorish Es Aviv Davar Taira." Same thing, except he's going to bring a different makar for it, a different pasuk. Dixiv, like the pasuk says, "Ki Yerusha LeEsav Nasati Es Har Soir." For as an inheritance I have I given to Esau, to Esav and his children and grandchildren, the amount Soir. Now, Esav is not Jewish, and yet we have it talked in the context of as a Yerusha to his uh, future generations. Okay. Well, see, Asaph has this quasi sort of unusual status. He actually could have been Jewish. It was before Matantara, so the Gemara says, wait, shiny. Maybe, because in some ways we view Asaph as a potential Yisrael or potential Jew, but he, he went the wrong way, so it, maybe that's different. Elamehacha, rather, from this Pasuk. And this is by Lot, who definitely was a, wasn't a born uh, from a father who eventually led to uh, the Jewish people, because it says, Kiliv ne Lot, Nasati es Ar Yerusha, for to the children of Lot, did I give Ar as a Yerusha? Again, we see Yerusha in the context of Lot and his offspring. Okay. Now, that's the Pasuk of Kibaravan's using. Why didn't he want to use the Rava Pasuk of, um, 
and we underline my time a question mark. Well, because Meeksiv, that's a wonderful pasuk, but the limud from it is uh, a, a a a something which we derive from the pasuk, not which is written mefurish. Does the pasuk say v'chishav im kainehu, and also v'loim yorshikonio, and that's how uh, Rav was darshaning it, but it doesn't actually say that. Okay, so that's why Rav Chiyabravin prefers to learn his Pasuk from Kilivne Light. Okay, then Rava, I underline Rava's name, my time Aliyamar, Kirv Why don't you want to say the Slimud that a guy will inherit from his father a guy on a Torah level? Why didn't you want to say that Rav Chiyabravin did, that from the Livne Lot Pasuk? Well, it could be that's different because remember, Lot spends a lot of time with Avram Avinu, and it could be that uh, they're made like an exception, Mishum Kvaidai to Avram Shiny. It could be because of the honor of Abraham and those who spend time with him, namely Lot, that it could be that it's a different, meaning it wouldn't be a good precedent for all Goyim. Tanurabanan, the Gemara, we can say Brisa. This Brisa goes for five lines. Yesh be Ivri, Shain be Ivriya, Yesh be Ivriya, Shain be Ivri. By the way, if you look at the Rashis, there are three Rashis on this price. Let's just read the Rashis. Rashi is on the second, third, fourth line on the top. First Rashi, Masha'en Kein Mamivriya, Lekame Boiloi. Later on, we're going to ask about this. Next Rashi, Ve'enanim Keres Venishnes, Lekame Yolivlei. Later on, we're going to learn it. And the next Rashi, Balkorchoi, Lekame Mefarishlei. A little bit later, we'll explain it. Bottom line, that's all Rashi says about what we're going to see in this price, which is like, don't ask questions now. Uh, the Gemara is going to deal with all these points. So let's get back into the price now. Five line price. We're comparing a uh, Eved Ivri and a um, uh, Ama Ivriya, Jewish slaves. So says the price, Yesh be Ivri, Shein be Ivriya, Yesh be Ivriya, Shein be Ivri. You have some that apply to one and not the other. Colon, Yesh be Ivriya, and then Ivri you have when it comes to a Jewish slave. Shehu Yosei, he goes free. Bishanim. Six years are up, goes free. Yovel, Yovel comes, goes free. Mises Adain, when the master dies, goes free. Kama Masha, in Cain be Ivriya, which is not the case when it comes to an Amivriya. Really? But anyway, Rashi just said, hold your horses, we'll get to that uh, when we get to the Gemara. Two words I underline now, Vyesh be Ivriya, you have when it comes to an Amivriya, Share Ivriya, Yotsa'a besimanim, she'll go free when she's 12 years old with two pubic hairs. Kama ve'enanim keres venishne, she cannot be sold by your father and then sold again. Okay. And uh, finally, u'maftin oisa ba'al korchai, we will have her redeemed even against his will. It's not clear whose will this is, but Masha'en came, which is not the case, be'ivri, when it comes to a male Jewish slave. That's the end of the Tanaic source. So let's go over a few of these points. Amar Mar. We uh, quote from the above price that we just finished. Four words. Yesh be ivri, shein be ivriya. Okay? So you have things that apply only to an avidivri, not to an amivriya. Really? Uramini, but our Mishnah back on Yudalid had said that it listed off the things that apply to an avidivri, and then when it wanted to list off the things that apply to a amivri, it said, Yeseira alav amivriya, that you, like, amivriya has all of those things apply to her, and also shakainas and besimonin. So it sounds like all those things would apply to her. Like uh, the Mishnah had said on Dafya Dalid, uh, let's say, um, uh, like those things seem that they would apply. Shanim, uh, Yovel. So, um, 
says the Gemara, Amar of Sheshis, Sheshis comes to explain the above brisa that when we say that uh, he has something she doesn't have, that's in a case kegain she ye'ada, where you, now remember, when a Jew buys an Ame Ivriya, um, she'll go free when she reaches 12 in Simanim, or, but let's say he does Yehud, which means that he decides, the master decides to marry her or to marry off to one of his sons. In that case, she actually doesn't go free because she's like a full-fledged wife. So she's not going to go free at the end of six years or Yovel, etc. Well, one second. If he did you, then she's basically a full-fledged wife. Yada, pshita. The only way to separate them, since she's like a full-fledged wife, is gita by She would need a full-fledged get like any other Jewish wife. Well, you might have thought otherwise. Mauditim, you might have thought that when Yud takes place, she kind of still has quasi-status, as historically she really was a Amivriya. Lo live to lay hilchasamina, that she shouldn't lose that. Like, sure, Get would sever the relationship then, but maybe so too would Shanim or Yovel, Kamashman, we don't say that. And then she becomes, if Yud has done, a full-fledged wife of either her master or her master's son. Ihachi, asked him, well, one second, if that's the case, that it's talking about Yud, then why, when the Bryson went on to say, why would, if she did Yud, like they're fully married, then when she reaches 12 and has two pubic hairs, why in the world would she go free then? She's, she's the guy's wife. So the Gemara explains that what the Bryson meant, Hachi Ka'amar, that when it said that Yud was done, what it meant was, like Yud is done, and then she's a full-fledged wife. And by the way, if Yud was not done, then Yotza, she goes out. Of course, Shanim or Yovel or Misadon are also, in addition, Afbesimonin. Said the Bryce of above, If the father sold his daughter once, he cannot sell her again. Okay, now that sounds like if uh, you have an Eved Ivri, Michal Eved Ivri, if he sold himself once into servitude, yes, Nimkar Venishna can sell himself again. Really? The Hatanya, we have a Brysa that would seem to indicate otherwise. The Brysa goes for two and a half lines and starts here. The context with which a person, a Jew, would sell himself into servitude is probably where he stole and didn't have the money to pay back. So the Pasuk refers to that as Begeneva Soy. He's being sold because of his thievery, the money that he owes. And we darshan three different things from that term Begeneva Soy. Begeneva Soy, Let's say he stole money. We know when you steal money, sometimes you have to pay back double. He has enough to pay back the principal, but not the double. So the Begeneva Soy, he gets sold if he doesn't even have to pay back the Iker Geneva, but not Begeneva. Let's say he doesn't have enough to pay Pay back the uh, double payment, then he would not be sold into servitude. Kama begneva sai, I put geneva sai in quotation marks, vilay bizamamai. We know there's a concept of adim zaimimim. If witnesses come and they claim, hey, you know, it can't be because of X, Y, or Z, and then it turns out they're really phony witnesses, they actually get the same punishment as the one that they were trying to testify falsely against. Uh, in this case, um, it would only be if the person himself stole that he would be sold into servitude, not if he was an aid zomim who claims somebody else had stolen. And finally, so this is the one that's most important for us, I put in quotation marks, once a person is sold once, he can no longer be ever sold again. Hmm, that's the Sineic source. So, uh, sounds very much like, even for a male, like an Evadivri, can only be uh, sold once. Well, Amarav, I circled Rava's name. We have Abaye two lines later. Amarabai, I circled Abaye there. Let's go back to Rava. Amarava, Loikasha, there's no difficulty. Did the guy steal once or twice? Khan, the Tanakh source that we just saw that he can only be sold once is Gnevachas for one uh, incident of theft. Kama Khan, where we mentioned that he could be sold numerous times, 
Yeah, because maybe he stole again. Bishtei Ganevois. Amalei Abaye. I don't know Abaye. Abaye says to Rava. Well, one second. The Pasuk itself, when it says, Begenevasoi, Tuvamashma, that implies actually it could be numerous times that he stole. And, and, and yet, it only says that he could be sold once. Ella Amar Abaye. Abaye has a different take on this. We had circled Abaye like Kasha. Kanba Adam Echad. If he stole even numerous times from the same person, he can only be sold once. Whereas Kanba Bnei Adam, if he stole um, from. Uh, uh, numerous times to be sold to different masters. He sold from, stole not from the same guy over and over again, but from a different person, then he can be sold again. Period. Tanarabanan. We have a Bryce that goes almost four lines. Let's say Genevoyelef, the uh, Jew stole a thousand dollars, Vishavech Hameshmeis, and his uh, worth, if he were sold for six years, would be five hundred. Okay, so he sold. He works for six years. He got his five hundred. Um, does he have to be sold again to make up the other five hundred? Nimkar veeno chos nimkar. The uh, it's probably the gra who adds in veeno. He's sold and not sold again. It's basically only sold once. And whatever money he can get for selling himself for those six years, that's what he can pay back, whether it's the whole amount or less. Kama genevoy chameshmeos. Let's say he stole five hundred v'shava elephant to be sold. He'd be worth a thousand. Then eno nimkar klal. He's not sold at all. It's not only like he's sold for like maybe half them, just not sold at all. If his thing that he stole is not worth at least what he would sell for in the slave market, then um, he's not sold at all. Rebbe Eliezer is a second opinion. We box Rebbe Eliezer. Rebbe Eliezer, I'm here. Very interesting. He says, only if the amount he stole is exactly what he would sell for in the slave market for six years is he sold. And if not, if it's like a little bit more, a little bit less, he's not sold. It turns out, according to Rebbe Eliezer, it would be like very rare for a Jew who stole to be sold into uh, servitude. Any event. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Amar Rava. Rava notes, Baha, and this issue of Rebbe Eliezer versus the Tanakama, Zachanu Rebbe Eliezer the Rabban. He actually... Uh, uh, he maybe had like a convincing proof. He he convinced them to his. Uh, he actually had a convincing proof, whether we pass him like that or not. But he did. Why? Because he would say back to the rabbanon, Maishna, one second, rabbanon. Why is there a distinction to be made where Genevay Chameish Meis Veshava Elif? If he stole five hundred and he's worth a thousand, Dein Nimkar, where the person that case he would not be sold. Say the Tanakama. Why? Apparently, go back to the pasuk. The pasuk says. De, one word in quotation marks. Nimkar sold Kuloy Amarachmana. That certainly implies like all of him is sold, Velochetsu, not half of him. Kaba. Well then, Hachanami, so too over here, same Pasuk, except the next word. It says, Nimkar Bigeneva. So I put that in quotation marks. He should be sold for that which he stole, connector Amarachmana, comma, Velo, and not Nimkar Bechatsikeneva, that he should be sold for half of what he stole. Period. The Brisa had said, um, up above, uh, about 20 lines, right at the end of the original Brisa, that that we will uh, redeem her, sounds like it's the Amaivriya, against his will. Like there's somebody who's not interested, but we force it upon them. Who's the he? Well, Sava Rav, I circled Rav's name. And four lines later, first one line is Abai, I circle the Abai's name, he's going to be another approach. Let's go back to Rava. Sava Rava Lamemar, Balkorche de Adoin. You know who's the one who we don't care whether they're interested or not? The master. So you have an Amevria, she has a master. And we will redeem, if we can, her uh, against 
his better will and judgment. We don't care what he says. You can redeem her even against her master's will. Amalea, Abaya and Elena, Abaya, Abaya says to Rava, my nihu, what is this? Like, what type of um, halacha is the Brisa trying to teach us? Apparently, that will redeem her de kasvana le shtara adame, that will write basically a piece of paper which says I-O-U um, for her value, which... I hope she's going to pay up, but maybe she never does. Now, why in the world would we be able to do that? Amai? Question mark, comma. Nakit marganisa biyade. Yahivna lechaspa? Literally, the guy is holding a pearl in his hand, and you give him a broken shard of pottery? Like, he's got something, and I'm Avriya, who's worth something. She's like a pearl. She's, she's valuable. And now we're going to give the father, like, an IOU, which at this point is worthless. Maybe it'll be paid up, maybe it won't be paid up. That doesn't make any sense. Ella, so we squiggle under the Ella and circle Dabaye. Ella Marabaye, Balkorche Da'av. You know who we um, say, listen, buddy, we don't care what you think. We're going to redeem this young girl. Actually, the young girl's father who sold her in the first place. Why would we do this? Because it's really just like not nice for the family that one of the daughters had to be sold as an Amivria. Well, if that's the case, that we're worried about like the dignity of the family, even when a man sells himself into servitude, shouldn't we like force the other members of the family that they should redeem their, uh, their relative, their male relative, because it's like uh, unbefitting to the family? Well, the problem is, though, that when you're dealing with an Eved Ivri, you know what? We can redeem him, but he might turn around the next day and sell himself again. Oh, but shouldn't we have then the same problem with the girl? Don't we have the problem that the father might turn around and sell his daughter a second time? Remember, she's not yet 12. Can't he sell her again? Uh, nope. Haketani, that we had already said up above, uh, three words in right angles, Eina... Nimkeres vinishnes, uh, that a Amaivria cannot be sold and then sold again. And therefore, no, the father won't be able to sell her again. Umani, and who is the Tana who holds of this opinion? Rabbi Shimon, he decided, Jesus, Rabbi Shimon, as we'll see in the following five line Brisa. Starts the Brisa over here. We're going to have four scenarios. Um, you know, a father, when he's got a little girl, he can marry her off. You also have the scenario when your father's got a little girl to get sellers and Amevria. Um A A father can marry off his daughter. In other words, like accept Kesif Kidushin from a man, let's say she's seven years old. He has the right to do that. And let's say tragically, like the uh, the fellow who just gave Kesikidushin to the father to uh, get engaged to the daughter, he gets hit by a bus and he's dead. Uh, you know what? That little girl goes back to her daddy's house because she was never fully married. She was just only an Arusa, not an Asua. Vishayna, if the father wants, like a year or two later, whenever later, till she's uh, an adult, he can um, accept Kesikidushin again from another man. That's Vishayna, and he can do it again. Kama. Another thing a father can do, B, Lashivchus, he can sell his daughter, let's say, as a slave. Let's say he sold her when she was four years old, and she worked uh, six years, and now she's ten. She actually goes back to her uh, father. And then Vishayna, he can sell her again as a shivcha. Uh, C, he can, leishus, he can accept kesekvidushin for her, and let's say her husband gets hit by a bus and dies, and she goes back to her daddy. Achar shivchus, and he can do that after the shivcha. So he had sold her as a shivcha, let's say at 
four years old, she comes back when she's ten years old, he could then um, accept Kedushin from someone else. D, Avaloi, and I double in on the Avaloi, one thing the father cannot do is the Shifchas Achar Ishus. If he had previously accepted Kedushin from somebody and that somebody died, uh, he cannot downgrade his little girl and then sell her as a Shifcha. That is the Tanakama Rip Shimon, who we're sort of looking for over here, the Tanai, Bach Rib Shimon, Rib Shimon, just like a man cannot sell his daughter, the Shifchas Acharishus, after he had previously sold her uh, for uh, becoming somebody's um, Arusa, uh, so too he cannot make her sold as a Shifcha after he had already sold her as a Shifcha. That's the Shita Shimon we're looking for. Notes the Gemara, and with this point we will conclude Ube Tahani Tanoi that this Machlokas Tanakama versus Rab Shimon can uh, roughly be paralleled or is somewhat similar to the Machlokas we're about to see, uh, Desanya. We have a Pasuk. And the Pasuk says, I believe it is Shmois Perek Chaf Aleph Pasuk Ches. The Pasuk goes like this. We're talking about an Amivriya, and it says, if it is bad in the eyes of her master, Asher, lo yada, that unto him she could do yud vehefda and redeemer la amnachri lo yim sholemaychra. He cannot sell her to a strange uh, people. Lemaychra be vigdai ba. In that way, she was bigdai ba. What's this bigdai ba? How do we understand that last phrase of the pasuk? Well, let's look at the honey tanoi de sanya. Here we have a brisa. The brisa starts here and goes about almost three lines onto the amud base. The pasuk be vigdai ba. How do we understand that? Well. This is the way Rabbi Akiva understands it. Kevan Shapires Talisai Aleha, once he has spread his garment upon her, in other words, he's done yud, otherwise known basically as marriage, Shuvein Rashayla Maikra, he no longer has the ability to sell her. Divrei Rabbi Akiva, box Rabbi Akiva. This would be the opinion that would basically say, In other words, once he's taken her as a Isha, there's no ability ever for anyone to um, sellers of Shifcha again. Kama, Rebbe Eliezer, I uh, boxed Rebbe Eliezer, Rebbe Eliezer, Aymer, he understands that phrase, Bevig Ba differently. Bevig Ba, not from the word like Beged, like spreading his Beged over her, but rather from the word Bogade, like a, a traitor or a betrayer. Kavan Shebogad Ba, once he had betrayed her, he is unable to sell her, which would basically how he would betray her once, the father, because he would sell her shifcha. He cannot do that again to sell her shifcha. In other words, ain't shifchas achar shifchas. The Gemara wraps this up by helping us understand what the essential point of machlokas between Rabbi Kiv and Rabbi Lezer is. Well, the Maikam Efligi, Rabbi Eliezer, who underlines Savar Yeshem Lemesiris, Rabbi Akiva, who underlines Savar Yeshem Lemikra, and Rabbi Shimon, who underlines Savar Yeshem Lemikra and Lemesiris. Here's the Machlokas. You have like this uh, phrase, Bevigdoi Ba. What takes precedence in the way you darshan it? Is it the way that the word is written, or is it the way the word is read, which sometimes is different than the way that it's written, or is it both? Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion, Yeshem Lemesiris the way that it is written. And the way Rebbe Lezul will say is that since 
the father, once the father was bogeyed ba, from the word bogad, like he he betrayed her, then he is not able to betray her again. That would be shivchas achar shivchas. Rabbi Akiva holds that no, yeshem lemikra, it's red, even though there's no yud there, it's red, it's bebigdoiba, which is more the beged, and therefore Rabbi Akiva will say once the person has spread a beged over her, in other words, like yud or marriage, he can no longer sell her for shivchas, and Rabbi Shimon holds both of them, and therefore Rabbi Shimon will hold, basically like Rabbi Eliezer, that once he's bagad ba, he can't sell her again. And also like Rabbi Kiva, that once he spreads his cloak over her, he cannot sell her. And that's why it said, not for shifchus acharishus, and not for shifchus achar shifchus. Adkan.